Good morning or afternoon, boys and girls in the coyote class and gray wolves class. I know that some of you like to wake up and listen to our story podcast first thing in the morning. I don't blame you one bit. It's pretty exciting. Miskatalic. If I am not the one reading the story, I have to wait until it's published, just like you have to wait until it's published. And I find myself waking up really early before class and listening to it before anyone else. Last week, we heard the story of Nifu the toy maker and his toys that were a part of him. The story made me feel really sad for Nifu. And it made me really sad to think about the way that we mistreat the things that we have. I know Ms. Katalik asked the coyote class to write a sentence or two about how that story made them feel and why. It's definitely food for thought. That being said, We still have not heard a story that has opened the golden door. Well, boys and girls, we have two more chapters left in our book about Tall and his adventures with Nooms or Noom. I really do hope that the golden door opens soon and that Nooms or Noom does not get sent to jail, just like the other storytellers before him. We'll have to wait and see. Bundapu was a thin little man with a hump on his back. He looked like a mouse, and he hardly ever said a word, but he always listened. In this way, he heard many things, and whenever he heard, he remembered. So, though he never told any stories, he knew quite a few, and it had always been said of Pundapu that if he could be made to talk, he would tell the most wonderful things in the world. But no one had ever heard him tell a story, so no one really knew. Ever since King Tazarin had ordered him to be one of the storytellers, Pundapu had been horrified at the thought of talking before so many people. And now, when he heard the trumpet sound and knew that his turn had come, he said to Nooms or Noom, This is a thousand times worse than being put into prison. I wish they would cast me right into the dungeon without making me tell a story. There is no use of my talking. I cannot open the door. You may be able to, said Nooms or Noom. They say you can tell of wonderful things. So they say, said Pundapu, but they do not know. Just the same. You'd better hurry in, said Nooms or Noom. The king is waiting for you. So Pundapu went into the throne room, muttering to himself, I'd be much better off if I kept quiet. If I talk, I'll get into trouble. He shuffled across the room and stopped in front of the throne. There he made a little bow, and then he stood up as straight as he could. And anyone seeing him must have felt sorry for him. He looked so miserable and small in front of the big throne and all the people who were staring at him. Tell us your name, said the king in a gruff, angry voice. Pundapu, said the man. Is that the only name you have? 
asked the king. No, your highness, said Pundapu. I have another, but pray don't make me tell it. Why not? asked the king. I don't want to, your highness, said Pundapu. I don't like it. All the more reason why you should tell it, said the king. But if you don't want to, I will. And when Pundapu made no answer, the king went on and said, This man is called the mouse. He is so shy and keeps so much out of people's way that he is seldom seen and never heard. No one has ever heard him tell a story, but it is said that he can tell of marvelous things. Is that true, mouse? I don't know, your highness, said Pundapu in a high squeaky voice, and he was too embarrassed to look up from the floor. Whether it's true or not, said the king, we'll soon find out. Yes, your highness, said Pundapu. Anyhow, said the king to the courtiers, we shall hear the mouse talk. That in itself will be wonderful. Then he looked down at Pundapu. Tell us your story, mouse, he said. And if you don't open the golden door, you must go to prison with the others. But you won't mind it there so much. They say that mice like dark places and aren't used to eating much. Pundapu said nothing. He waited for a moment, and then he began to tell the story of the four winds. A great emperor and empress had two children, one a prince, the other a princess. The prince was strong and healthy. He rode horseback, he went hunting, and he flew kites. The princess, however, was not so strong. She had been sick a good deal when she was a baby. On this account, the empress saw to it that the girl was watched with care. She did not let her do this, and she did not let her do that. And everywhere the princess went, someone went with her. Of course, the poor girl hated all of this. For how could she get strong unless she was allowed to do things? But if she ever complained, her mother always said, It's all for your own good, Nia. When you grow up, you'll understand. Just do what I tell you and everything will be all right. Because she was supposed to be delicate and because she was always with them, the emperor and empress grew very fond of Nia. They petted her, they gave her presents, and they waited on her all the time. Soon it got so that each one was trying to do nicer things for her than the other. If the empress gave the girl a present, the emperor gave her a bigger present the next day. And so it went. One day the princess asked for a new dress. At once the empress ordered a dress made for her daughter, and the emperor, not to be outdone by his wife, had made one too. But his was a little bit more beautiful than the one the empress gave. After that, not a day passed, but one of them gave Nia a new dress. And each day, the dresses became more fluffy and more silky. Well, this went on, until, in the end, the empress gave the girl such a dress as you had ever seen. It was all made out of silvery silk and lace. And the skirt had thousands of ruffles. 
one over the other over the other, so that it reached down to her ankles and floated around her like a tiny silver bell. With it came a shawl that was itself big enough to make a dress. It too was made of silk and was all embroidered with pearls. These the empress gave to her daughter and said, Put on this new dress. When you've got it on, we'll go for a walk in the garden. It's warm today, and the sun will be good for you. So Nia put on the new dress. She took her mother's hand, and together they went out into the garden. There, as they strolled up and down, the empress saw a flower she wanted to pick. She let go of the girl's hand and leaned over to pick the flower. Just then, a strong puff of wind came. It caught Nia's skirt. It caught her shawl. And before the empress could do anything or say a word, the girl was lifted off her feet and carried high up in the air. The empress shouted and called for help. Her husband came running out of the palace. What's the matter that you shout so, he said. What has happened? The empress said, What has happened? Look up there and you'll see. The emperor looked up and saw a tiny white speck in the sky. What is that? He said, a cloud. It's Nia, the empress said. The wind caught in her dress and carried her away. Then the emperor scolded his wife, as if that would help bring the girl back. While he scolded, Nia just floated further out of sight until she was out of sight altogether. She could be seen no more. The wind kept blowing the princess up and up, and soon she could not even see the earth below her. Everywhere Nia looked, she saw nothing but blue sky. Finally, in the distance, she saw some land. The wind blew her over this land, and then she began to come down. Down and down she dropped, until, with almost no jar at all, she landed gently on her feet. She was standing in the middle of a great plain. As far as she could see, there were no trees, no grass, no living thing of any kind. The ground was as flat as a table and all covered with fine blue sand that was hard and smooth. No wind at all was blowing and the sun was very hot. This is a strange place, thought Nia. I wonder where I am. There must be people here, if I can only find them. But she did not know in which direction to go. Everything looked so much the same. Eventually, she made up her mind to walk. She went as far as she went, and still she saw nothing but the flat blue plain. Yet she kept on going until she saw what she thought might be a house. When she came near to it, it was a house, but different from any other house she had ever seen. It was all blue, just like the color of the sand. And instead of being on the ground, it was on the top of a high blue pole. As she stood looking at it, a puff of wind blew and the whole house swung around so that it faced the wind, the same as a weather vane does. 
Without thinking, Nia blew at the house. It turned toward her. The front door opened, and an old hag stuck her head out. She had long gray hair, and her face was all wrinkled and pale. What do you want? She said. Now that you have come to the house of the winds, if my daughters find you here, they'll do you harm. It's not my fault that I'm here, said the princess. The wind picked me up and carried me here. I couldn't help it. When the woman heard this, she said, Come on up. I'll take care of you. Well, how can I? said Nia. I can't climb that pole. Then the old woman took a pair of shears and cut off some of her long gray hair. She wove it into a rope and dropped one end down to the girl. Hold on and I'll pull you up, she said. Nia took hold of the rope and the old woman pulled her up into the house. As soon as she got there, the princess told the old woman all about what the wind had done. The old woman listened to her and said, You can stay here and help me, but when my daughters come, you'll have to hide. They may kill you if you don't. She made the princess take off her beautiful dress and burn it up. In its place, she gave the girl a little blue dress, and the two of them set to work to bake some bread for supper. After a time, the old woman said, My daughters will be here soon. You had better hide. Get in the wood box. There's a hole you can peek out of. So Nia got into the wood box, put down the lid, and looked out through the hole. In a minute, the house shook and turned. The old woman ran and opened the door, and in blew someone in a light blue cloak. Again, the house did the same, only it turned in another direction, and another person came in. This happened four times in all. Then the old woman unbuttoned the cloaks for the four people who had come in. And there stood four girls, each of them one of the winds. They said to their mother, Hurry up and give us supper. We are hungry and can't stay long. So the old woman put the supper to table, and they sat down and ate. One of the girls asked, Did anyone come here today? The old woman said, Why would you ask that? You know no one ever comes here. How would they get here? The girl said, I picked up a princess in a beautiful dress. I carried her here and left her not far from the house. Didn't she come? When the old woman heard these words that her daughter spoke, she went to the wood box and let Nia out. The girls were very glad to see the princess. They said, we want you to live with us for a while. Do you want to live with us? Nia said, I'd love to. Will you teach me to fly with you? The girl said, we will. We'll take you everywhere we go. So Nia stayed at the house of the four winds. The old woman made her a pale blue cloak, just the same as the other girls had. And when the princess put it on, she was able to fly along with the winds wherever they went. And every day, for all day long, she went with them. She traveled from one end of the world to the other. She saw everything there was to see. 
She helped blow sailboats across the ocean. She helped to rustle the leaves in the trees. All this she did. But always at night, she flew back to the blue house on the pole and stayed with the old woman. Mia was very happy. She came to love the four winds, and they made a sister of her. But they never let her fly alone. One of them always went with her. And they were very careful not to take her by the palace where her mother and father lived. All the time, Nia grew stronger and stronger, until she was just as strong as her brother and could do anything she wanted. One day, the winds had left her at home with the old woman. And as she sat there, she was seized with a great longing to see her family. She wanted to fly by the palace and look at them. That was all. But none of the girls were there to take her. Even if one of them had been, she would not have done it. Nia thought to herself, I can fly as well alone as I can with one of the winds. Why don't I put on my cloak and go? She waited until the old woman was busy putting some bread in the oven. Then she jumped up and put on her cloak and was out of the house in a hurry. The old woman called to her and told her to come back. But Nia paid no heed, and she flew away from the blue land and went down to the earth where the emperor and empress lived. When she reached the palace, she saw her mother in the garden. So she swept down and flew by very close to her. Then she went and peeped in the window at her father, the emperor. While she was doing this, her brother felt the wind and ran out in the fields to fly his kite. Nia, seeing what he was doing, flew over and took hold of the kite. Higher and higher she pulled it, until the boy had no more string in his hands. Then she swept it this way and that way, and made her brother run after it through the fields. The boy shouted and laughed, for he had never had such sport. But before Nia could see what was happening, she got all tangled up in the tail of the kite and she could not get away. She struggled and pulled for all she was worth, but she could not break free. Then the boy began to pull the kite down. The harder he pulled, the harder Nia fought against him. So he called to his father and said, Father, come help me. If you don't, my new kite will blow away. The emperor came running out of the palace and took hold of the string. The two of them pulled and pulled, and they did make the kite come down a little. When the empress heard them shouting and saw them pulling, she came and said, What's the matter? Can't you two pull a kite down? The emperor said, Something has caught it up in the sky. The empress said, Don't be foolish. What could catch it in the sky? Here, let me help. And then she took hold of the string and pulled. With a great deal of pulling, the three of them at last got the kite near the ground. While the other two held onto the string, the empress reached up and caught hold of the tail. The minute she touched it, Nia's blue cloak disappeared, and she fell right on the ground in front of her mother. So surprised were the emperor and empress that they could not believe their eyes. But Nia spoke to them 
and told them she was their daughter. Then she told them all about what happened to her. They said, Where is your beautiful dress? She said, No one who does anything can wear a dress like that. And the emperor and empress were glad to have their daughter back. She was so strong and so well that they let her run and play with the prince. And never after that did they make her wear such silly-looking clothes. At the end of the story, the king said, It's true the mouse knows of wonderful things. We have not heard such a story before. Surely it should open the door. But in spite of what the king said, the story did not open the door. The guards came forward and seized poor Pundapu and carried him off to the dungeon. But he did not struggle. He did not protest. He did not say a word. He only thought, This is what happens to me for talking. I'd have been much better off if I'd never said a word. <laughs>